0: talk the home before where talk. the talking is good. It's your boy Cody yeah. and the other guy Robert here with the tiny table in the big room coming at you once again with some good conversation man that's it getting
1: really long I, I was trying to do the the meme where they do this and but like i, I <laughs> there's no one there I, and no, there's I, no, yeah, phone. no phone to have you so i was like <laughs> cody probably just thinks <laughs> i'm being like crazy i thought you were gesturing to the one ladybug today oh the lonely the only one that's still alive well, it's because you haven't put the cheese out yet so the all the ones abandoned ship they're like there's no cheese coming <laughs> onward to find cheese <laughs> Do you think ladybugs like cheese? No.
0: <laughs> like I uh, like, what does a ladybug eat? I guess just grass. Grass, right? grass yeah. I'd assume. Plant uh, they're life. They're
1: probably into something really strange. Uh,
0: Actually, no. Yeah, they they uh, eat each other. Ladybug like cannibalism. Bushes, man. Like they were like destroying my really? my, my my rose bush. So mm. I don't know what, what's in a rose bush that they like, but they like to eat that.
1: I think Christian told me. No, maybe it was you. Someone said they're like an endate, like yeah, are legal to kill them. Yeah, or something? it's illegal
0: to exterminate. I mean, I think you can probably kill one, and no so one's you got, just but you so can't like exterminate. You but know. that
1: brings up the question: like, if they're eating your bush, you just gotta let them like destroy your vegetation. Don't interfere
0: with nature. <laughs> Dang, that's tough. Well, and I mean, that makes sense, though, because—well, uh, I mean, not that specifically, but when we, when we first moved in our house, there was a big old beehive mm-hmm. in our tree behind our lot, and, like, legally, I'm not allowed to move it. Yeah. I have to call, call a, a beekeeper to yep. come move it because, again, endangered species. Right. They want to do it the right way to keep the hive Together. Which is
1: crazy because uh, Christian and I were watching something last night and it was about bees. And they said that the queen can lay up to 25,000 eggs a day. A day. How is a species that can lay up 25,000 eggs a day? Close to instinct Like, how does that work? How are you so close to many. being instinct when you can lay that many eggs? I'm so confused. And I even asked Christian, I was like, how are they almost extinct? This is crazy. But Not you know, enough queens. I uh, maybe guess. that's it. Not, not enough, enough queens. Because there's only one. There's only one, one queen hive. versus, you know, thousands, literally thousands. But I guess it compensates by how many eggs that one can lay. Yeah, but how often? I wonder out, out of that, how, how many survive? How out many of, survive? Yeah, and then know. how
0: many queens come from a queen? I don't know. Like, does Weird. one queen only produce one queen in her lifetime?
1: Let us know in the comments. Are you a bee expert? I'm actually, very you know interested I think, now. Uh, I think we have someone who comes to church here who actually does have, like, a little bee farm, and they produce their own honey and stuff. So next time I see him, I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm going to ask like, our bee guy. <laughs> going to ask the bee guy, <laughs> which I've never been able to, like, be a bee guy i'm bees can't, scare can't me be the bee guy.
0: Like, <laughs> oh i hate bees so much ah! exactly I like don't that is the it. one time that you will see me go from like cool calm collected to just like scared <laughs> little hysterical. girl hysterical i <laughs> hate bees so much like i hate bees so much that like i refuse to even try to kill them i'll take a vacuum cleaner and suck them up in my house dude. like i hate bees <laughs> this so is where you much. live
1: now inside the backyard.
0: dude. i mean I, the like because one time i had one of those big old like huge hornets get in the house and mm. the ones that like float like helicopters mm. they like go every direction yeah, yeah, yeah. and like oh yeah. I was just terrified but I was like I have a child now <laughs> I can't just let it like cause I used to just be like I'll just leave it alone Yeah, I'll let it go out the window uh, eventually yeah. but now it's like ah oh, there's a baby in this house I gotta yeah. get rid of that thing so I took a vacuum
1: and
0: just sucked it up
1: I remember uh, I was scared to stories. use the vacuum after that because I was like, "What if it comes out?" <laughs> What's funny is because you just said like I would let it go, you know what I mean? It, it, like it, it's so funny. I'm gonna throw you and Wesley under the bus. I remember when we were at the old oh building and that squirrel got hit by a car. Dude, I felt so bad, man. I know. So listen to these guys. I, like Look, I'm, I'm man. Fully, okay. Okay, so like they're out. I'm an there. animal lover. <laughs> he, this squirrel got hit by a car and is like dying a slow, pitiful death, and Wesley's like out there feeding it because he feels bad for it and. I'm like, dude, that's like, so I just went out there with a shovel and just whacked the thing and killed it, and then they got mad at me, and I was like, I am more humanitarian right now because I put it out of its summer. You guys are trying to feed it, and the poor squirrel's like, I don't want to eat, I don't want to eat, I'm dying, let me out, just let me go, I see the light, and so mention in the comments, who is more humanitarian in that? Specific example: the the person who's feeding the dying squirrel, or the guy that's just like, okay, let's just whap it with a shovel and let's end this. Uh, My
0: immediate thought was like, what if they can rehabilitate the squirrel? What if they can (laughs) give it? You know, no, I mean, like, what if they can like, you know, maybe its legs were just broken or something? They could like rehabilitate and like give a little. I've seen squirrels with wheelchairs. You know, (laughs) I was hopeful for. I thought maybe he might still have a future, and then Uh. Rob just. (laughs) You know, like, I hope. I had hope. I was like, we're not going to give up on you, little buddy. (laughs) But in my defense about the bee thing, it wasn't that I wanted the bee to live. I think all bees should die. I don't (laughs) care if they go extinct. I hate bees so Uh, much. I just didn't want to get stung. that's a bad thing to think, though, because bees are central
1: for our whole existence. I understand. Hornets, though. Hornets kill all the hornets. I ate them
0: all. But uh, my thought was like, I just don't want to deal with the bee because I don't want to get stung by the bee. Let me just open the window and hopefully it'll go away. (laughs) (laughs) It'll see something more interesting or something else it wants to kill. Not me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so good. Like, this guy's too boring. I
1: don't want to shoot, like, hurt him. Let's go kill somebody else. That's amazing. <laughs> I remember, uh, and we, we'll get to the podcast in a minute. This, this is the podcast. Is You're having a good time. time. I remember <laughs> when Samuel was... Uh, <laughs> B talk. Well, we had a bee talk today. <laughs> um, when Samuel was little, we were at a park <laughs> and a uh, hornet's nest was underneath oh, the slide. And it, again, like back to the soap thing from the ASMR or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. that's called, it was like really mesmerizing because there was like 30 hornets and like they're moving and it's just like uh, mesmerizing. Hate them, hate them, And I turned my head for like two seconds and he reached up and oh grabbed it. Oh my gosh. And when he grabbed it, they just went crazy on his hand and just stung him like crazy. And I remember like dad adrenaline kicked in and we were... I think that park's a half mile from our house. I grabbed him and just took off running because his whole hand started. Yeah, Because him and Rachel are allergic to these things. Oh, are these they? Things. Yeah. yeah. And so his whole hand started to puff up. And so I just, I was like, I need to get a Benadryl stat. God. And so I swooped him up and I was like, I'll meet you at home and just took off running. You left Christian and, there? And, and Rachel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, left, I was like, I'm going, you know what I mean? Because we walked there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just ran all the way home and got him some Benadryl. And I remember after got him Benadryl and his hand started going down, just like after the adrenaline left my body, I was just like dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was
0: like, that was the fastest half mile I've ever run in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he wasn't- Whilst he, holding like a 40 yeah, pound child Yeah, he was little probably. either.
1: So I was just- exhausted man. but so back to the point let's kill all the hornet, hornets because it was a pack <laughs> of hornets it wasn't bees it was hornets
0: i yeah i don't understand those man. red ones you know. yeah Ugh,
1: gross anyway
0: we can stop talking about bees now hopefully you're not disengaged here but, but. stuff like that is mesmerizing <laughs> like you ever
1: kicked an anthill i like it's just amazing that. Yeah. like watching them like just I, I don't know and i'm sorry for destroying your house but this is super entertaining you know what <laughs> what I mean? and I like you'll to, rebuild it in like 35 seconds
0: i'm always crazy. satisfied to run them over with a lawnmower oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, here you go. <laughs> Which <ones> will live? <laughs> Which <ones> will die? <laughs> Let me just <laughs> scrape this over. So. Oh, man. we are. All right, we we've are. digressed. So let's talk about this. What With, are we talking about today, man? Uh, by the time everyone hears this, it would have been a week ago and a day, and it was Super Bowl Sunday. 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 Sunday! If you're watching right now, confetti is falling. Poppers are popping. <laughs> lights are going. Boom, boom, boom. So uh, did you watch Super Bowl?
0: No, I did no? not. <laughs> Well, two reasons. One, I don't care. (laughs) But also, two, I was teaching here at School of Ministries. I couldn't do that. I was
1: teaching at School of Ministry, and Rachel uh, was sending me, like, updates. <laughs> yeah, I do Yeah. I mean, I didn't really care for either team except for, you know, being from Colorado, huge Broncos fan, one of our linebackers that's been on our team for 10 years, Von Miller, got traded to the Rams, and so I wanted to see him get another championship. So I was slightly oh, cool. invested. And then I also said, you know, I was going to bet for the team that I thought was going <laughs> to lose, so that way hopefully they would win and I would make a ton of money. I actually did not bet. Was it a close game, though? <laughs> It seemed uh, from the I updates so. I heard, it
0: seemed like it was kind of back and forth there. For I think minute. it was
1: like a three point game. Wow. Was the final outcome? So I think that's
0: pretty close. Which least, I, I mean, I mean, I, I would assume that if you know they made it to the Super Bowl, they got to be good, right? I mean, yeah, both I teams have so. to be good to get okay, there. So a
1: couple things. One thing, and I know uh, I'll try to bring you along, understanding you know nothing about football, <laughs> not really <laughs> so, at all. I played this, some backyard football, and that's about it. That's all you need to know. There was this. There's this cornerback. A cornerback is the guy on the defense that covers the wide receiver. Okay. Okay? And he was talking a lot of trash before the game. And I never understand this. Why do you talk trash before you actually win the game? Because you're just setting yourself up if you lose that you're going to get roasted. So anyways, they lost, and he was getting full roasted online. <laughs> and his name's Eli Apple. He's a quarterback for the Bengals. And he actually blew a coverage that allowed the Rams to get the score, or the winning touchdown. Mm, so, so it basically was on him. Basically oh, on him. Man. He was the one that was talking all the That's trash before. Tough. And Ooh. so like in football, like when some, or maybe even he basketball, in <laughs> <laughs> like when somebody disses you, it's called like, you got burnt. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So a restaurant in LA oh, added no. to their menu, oh, the no. Eli Apple special, and it comes with burnt toast. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad.
1: It's so good, it's though. It's amazing. Uh, so, but this brings me to the topic of today. It's so good. Burnt toast. Burnt toast. Uh, and then I also am curious about this. Like, I loved. I didn't watch it, but I loved the lineup for the halftime show because, like, that's people I listened to when I was in high school, like Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige. I like, need to actually I mean, go I'm back I'm, and watch it because I, I mean, again, like you, it's like I'm at least like into
0: that portion
1: of it. I like the music, you know. I'm
0: into that. So. Rachel
1: shared this meme with me where it was like, uh, you have all these four year olds watching their mom at halftime turn into this gangster <laughs> when all this music comes. So <laughs> up. like, because it's just all these, you know what I mean? Everybody that's into that music right right. now is like a mom and a dad, right? And they're, like in their mid. Well, these are like what I. I would assume would be like the they're like the the, the prime
0: hip hop rap artist of our time.
1: Of our time.
0: Of our so time. So that
1: brings me to the question, like, why doesn't the Super Bowl get like more relevant artists? Because when you think of like Doctor Dre, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, like when was the last time they did something relevant? this this, <laughs> this is the last time they i did remember so. like one of the greatest ones i saw a couple years ago was when they got bruno mars and yeah, i was yeah. like okay this guy's really hot right now sure he's super relevant super trendy and it was one of the greatest halftime shows i've ever watched yeah. you know what i mean and then they always uh, like years before that they'll get like Death or which I'm stoked about, but like <laughs> again, all yeah, yeah. the yeah, all the younger generations, like who are these Who's British guys? Who are These British guys, you know what I mean? So, oh, anyways, man. this is what I want to talk hey, about. Did Snoop have a wardrobe malfunction? You know, I actually didn't watch the halftime show. didn't hear show. about it, so I, obviously I, I not. Didn't, I didn't watch the halftime show. Yeah, we didn't hear about it. Snoop <laughs> exposed his nipple. I don't know. I don't know what happened. So, oh, which is crazy. Although to I think. heard
0: Fifty Cent was upside down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, there's a meme out there, and it's like Fifty Cent. It's more like Seventy Five Cent now because oh. I. Like because he's put oh, on some weight. So just, the so internet mean. is cruel. Why it's The so internet mean. is so mean. It's so mean. He came in upside down though? I, yeah,
0: I, I, every picture I've seen of him, he's upside <laughs> down. So I don't know. Why. I'm assuming there's a reason why he's upside <laughs> he's down. Is like, this
1: the 50 Cent channel and in his inner Spider-Man or I what? I like
0: I need to go back and watch this. Yeah, we really see. do.
1: We really do. <laughs> Which is actually amazing when you think about it. Uh, you know, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, like that whole episode where he ripped off her shirt, planned or unplanned, and exposed mm. Janet to the children. Yeah. it's amazing how like that thing now all live tv has like a two-minute delay right which yeah. is wild just to think and then i start thinking i'm like why did not they do that before <laughs> I'm like why did someone's nipple have to be exposed before we thought of this
0: i yeah i mean like why when were they like oh that's the line
1: <laughs> you know like
0: there, there's the line <laughs> that's what <Found laughs> it. now we need the technology uh, now we need to do
1: something <laughs> yeah that's crazy which yeah. i never saw that one so i don't know if it was like full i exposure have no idea. or what but Anyways, we digress. (laughs) This brings me to the... uh, Forgive me. Too much yelling and laughing and shouting. (laughs) It's a good time Uh, here. So one thing that always bothers me about the NFL, and if we have any NFL fans out there, maybe you'll relate to this, maybe you won't. Probably won't. Probably won't. (laughs) Is their standard for greatness is really weird. Mm. Like uh, when it comes to the Hall of Fame... Because this is the whole debate. This is the scandal from this year's Super Bowl. Not only did, well, did they feel like there was some bad penalties and calls that gave the Rams the game, but then their quarterback, his name's Matthew Stafford, um, he got drafted number one overall by the the Detroit Lions. Which, just let me say this, as an avid football fan, I always feel bad for great players that get drafted by a horrible team. Uh. <laughs> it's like, you feel so bad because like, they'll never really achieve But breaks. they're hoping that
0: they'll bring their team up to their level, maybe. Which it doesn't happen. Though. I know, it but they're always happens. hopeful. Yeah, I guess they
1: are. So so he played for Durant, uh, the Detroit Lions for like 12 years and obviously never won a playoff game, never went to the Super Bowl. And then he comes to the Rams in first year, wins the playoffs and wins the Super Bowl. So now there's this debate. Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback or is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? And what I'm getting at is that debate only started after he won a Super Bowl. Mm. So it's like everything up to that point, like – no matter how many passing yards he has, no matter how many touchdowns he has, no matter if he was the sole person that carried the Detroit Lions and even gave them a a shot to go to the playoffs. Like, all that stuff is not even relevant until you win a championship. And to me... That's kind of a skewed benchmark because just winning – there's so many things that go into winning a Super Bowl, right? you got to have like a whole team, special teams, defense, offense. And so it's not – especially with football, it's not really about an individual player. It's very much a team sport. So shouldn't it be more like personal achievements that line somebody up for this great accolades of the Hall of Fame?
0: Yeah. I I mean, I I guess. I (laughs) love this right now because
1: Cody's completely lost because he's like – Football. Uh, football. Well, I mean, I was just even like in my mind, I was like, how,
0: do, how can I relate to this conversation? <laughs> so
1: this is how you can
0: relate. Well, I was even thinking of like when it comes like music hall of fame, you know, like uh, wh- uh, uh, for so many years, like Travis Barker was constantly named like the world's greatest drummer, mm. world's greatest drummer. And, and so it's just like, but why, even though I feel like he is one of the best drummers of this time, there's mm. so many good drummers out mm. there. And I've seen so many videos of people that and play insane drums. Mm. And I'm just like, what? what actually dictates a Hall of Fame drummer? You know yeah. what I mean? So I feel like where are they getting their their source or their data? Yeah. What What is their,
1: their, their benchmark yeah. to, to make that happen? So then I look at the lives of individuals, mm-hmm. you know, like us. We're not superstars. We're not athletes. We're I just, am a superstar. Well, okay, in craft, you're a superstar. <laughs> yes, we all are. Everybody is. So, But, like, what is our benchmark for greatness? Mm. Like, because in the secular world, like as an actor, it's, you know, which Denzel Washington, I just saw the other day that he broke the record for an African American nominated for an Oscar, mm. which apparently the holder of that record was Denzel Washington. So he broke his own record. What? <laughs> so, like, he was the. So he just got another one. Yeah. So Dang. He, he's been nominated, I think, 10 times. Denzel. And he man. was nominated nine times before that. So Denzel, which is a phenomenal actor. I no, I love Denzel. But, like, his benchmark for greatness, mm-hmm. if. If an actor never gets nominated for an Oscar, can they still be great? Mm. If a football player never wins a Super Bowl, can they still be great? If a musician doesn't sell millions of albums and doesn't go platinum or gold or whatever the standard is, doesn't get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, can they still be great? Like, What is our benchmark for greatness? And then I feel this way too. If the benchmark for greatness is all those things we discussed – and the average joe can't ever obtain yeah. that doesn't that lead to like a very defeated mentality
0: yeah i was i was just even thinking like i think that we as individuals we cannot let anything like that determine our value, yeah. you know, like that cannot be our value because most of it for the average person is probably unachievable, right? And, you know, I, I think that not everyone, not everyone is going to win the Super Bowl. Not yeah. everyone is going to be a Golden Globe, Academy Award winner, and all that kind of stuff. Not everyone is going to be uh, an Olympic gold medalist, mm. you know. And but you are still great regardless of the achievements that you yeah. you get for yourself. Uh, you know, I've I've been really looking at the the. Oh, there's a bee right there. Oh, no, it's, not, it's not a bee. Sorry,
1: it's a, it's a ladybug. Oh, <laughs> I got gosh. scared for a second. The, the bees came in. They heard us talking the, about The them. Ever elusive ladybug, <laughs> Jeez. camouflaging itself uh, as a bee to keep away predators.
0: I'm looking at a lot in that, that the passage of the Book of Luke, where you know we were talking about the the shepherd with the sheep, and then the one with the lost coin, and the prodigal son, mm-hmm. and and when it comes to like the one with the lost coin, it was just so interesting to me because like all of those coins, she had nine, but still she lost one. Mm-hmm. You know, but. It, just because it was lost doesn't mean that it wasn't still valuable, Mm -hmm. you know? And so she she searched for it and she longed for it and she needed it and she wanted it. And it's because it was precious to her and it was still valuable to her. And it was value because she loved it. She cared about it. And I think that that's how we get our value in the sense of God, Mm. you know? No matter... What our circumstances are—that doesn't determine our value. God determines Amen. our value. You know yeah. what I mean? Like He is the one that sets value, not our actions, yeah. not our achievements, not our not our desires. He is the one that determines value.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, now that you're talking about that, it kind of just kind of comes up in my spirit, like. You know, Jesus is the greatest prize ever, mm. the greatest sacrifice ever. And that is such a demonstration of worth, like all these other illustrations. And I'm not saying that these people do. I'm not saying Matthew Stafford got his worth from the Super Bowl trophy, right. the Lombardi <clears throat> trophy. I'm not saying that's what their worth comes from. But the world very much puts a worth on those things. Sure. But God put his worth on us by saying, I'm going to send my most valued possession for you. Mm. And his name is Jesus. And I'm going to give Jesus to you because you are that valuable. So it's almost, it's crazy because God saw our value even in our mistakes. He saw our value even in our sin. He saw our value. Therefore, he sent Jesus to redeem us Mm. and to purchase our freedom from sin so we can live this wonderful life. And I think I just really am desperate right now for people to understand their value. Yeah. Just understand how important you are. And if you're feeling like you're not important, you don't need all these societal accolades to define your importance. You don't need this or that to esteem or establish your worth because God has already said, look at how much you're worth. Like and Jesus himself even said, you know, I'm gonna leave all my treasures of heaven, I'm gonna leave my deity, the very thing that makes me God. Yeah. I'm gonna lay that aside and come take on human form yeah. to live a life for you so I can redeem you, so I can purchase your freedom because I care for you. And there's just something that's been on my heart lately. It's about the love of mm. God. Yeah. And like when people can really understand God's love, yeah. that's where worth comes from. Yeah. He gave his most valued Possession because he loves me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be kind of like one of those guys that just won the Super Bowl taking that esteemed, beautiful trophy and then laying it down and saying, I'm giving this to you because you're so valuable. This means, you know, everything to me. Yeah. But I'm going to exchange it for your life. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, even with, again, with the woman with the coin, like, she threw a party when she found that coin. Mm. How weird is that? You mm. know what I mean? Like the fact that, like, if I were to send you uh, a a little invitation to my party and I told you I found my lost coin, can yeah. you come to my party? Like, how weird would that be to, to receive that kind of invite? But it's because there was so much value in it for her that she invited her friends, she invited <laughs> her na- people in her surrounding area to come celebrate over this coin that was so precious to her. And so God is saying that, like, you were so valuable, yeah. you were so amazing that. Not only do I want you to be back in my possession, I want to throw a party for yeah. you. I want to I want to show you off to people because I care so much. And it's yeah. not about what you did and where you were and where I found you. It's just about the fact that we're together.
1: Yeah, and God so values us in the same way. He
0: values us in that way that he just he just is so excited
1: about who you are. That's why the scriptures teach us that all of hell, heaven celebrates mm-hmm. when one person comes home. Right because that valued treasure has been found. And so I think what I'm trying to communicate to everybody today that's listening is don't wait for something to identify you as greatness. You're already great. Mm -hmm. Jesus has given you worth. And I think when we can grab a hold of that, we'll stop waiting to be great, and we'll just start being great.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's something that uh, grace enables us to be able to do that and grace allows that to happen and obviously we've been talking about in church right now but it's Mm -hmm. like grace offers it but faith is what makes us grab a hold of it you know and so god is saying yeah god is saying you are valuable yep 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 and value is available for you Mm. essentially is what what god is saying and he is saying this is how i see you now Walk in this yes. by faith. You yeah. know, you you have to decide, like, okay, I am valuable, yep. and it's something we have to do probably every single day. Sometimes there's days that I'm like, I do not feel very valuable right. today, but just because I don't feel valuable doesn't mean I I'm not valuable, right? You know, I, I have to just decide, okay, this is who God says I am. Yeah. This is what God says about me, and so I walk in my value. Yeah. I walk in this grace and by faith, right? right. You know, it's That's a, it, it's right a decision. There. To say, I am valuable because God says I'm valuable. I believe
1: that I'm valuable. I believe that I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. I believe that I can do great things. Mm -hmm. I believe. And when we're saying that and nothing reinforces that, nothing secular. We don't have a Lombardi trophy. We don't have Mm -hmm. a plaque of records sold. We don't have any of these accolades from society. So there's nothing secular to give that faith to us or reinforce that belief to us, but yet we can look at God's word. Mm -hmm. And that's what establishes our worth. And that's what establishes us, the ability to believe that we are worth something, that we do have value. Let the word of God and the sacrifice of Jesus be the benchmark for greatness. Mm. Let that be our benchmark. See, I can do great things and I am valued. How do I know that? Because I believe in the word of God. Yeah. I loved you while you were yet unlovely. I sacrificed my life for you when you weren't worthy of the sacrifice, but yet I saw your potential. Mm-hmm. I knew what you would become in me. Yeah. So therefore, I gave my life not just for every—this is the fascinating thing about God, how you can care for the whole world but yet specifically care for an individual. Mm. Yeah. And he does. He specifically cares for me. Yeah. And that gives me so much worth. That Mm -hmm. gives me so much hope. That gives me so much. And it's kind of what I'm, you know, it's just really inspiring to me right now. That love inspires me. That love. And when I just focus on his love for me, the value he's placed on my life. Well, Robert, how do you know he's placed value on my life? Let's go back and say it again. Because he sent Jesus. Yeah. That proves how valuable you were to God. He literally said, I will do anything yeah. to reclaim my children. I will do anything to set them free and transfer them and adopt them into my family. Yeah. I will do anything. Man, that gives me value. He was willing to do whatever it cost for me. Yeah, And that just gives me value. And when I have that, all these things just kind of fade to the background even though they're very real, mm-hmm. you know, the issues of the day, the struggles of the day, not having these accolades from secular things, those are very real and they, they they attack our thoughts, but yet just focusing on the love of Jesus and the love of God towards me is liberating.
0: Yeah. I feel like when we're able to walk in that that value, walk in that love and, and truly grab a hold of it, that's when everything else starts to fall in place it for does. us. Because I think it's back to, you know, we say it all the time, like seek first the kingdom of God and then all the things will be added unto yeah. you and you walk in that righteousness. Because when you when you walk in that value, when you start to pursue that 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 valuable lifestyle, I feel like that's when you start to walk in the righteousness. Yeah. And that's when you start to truly seek after him. Because when you understand how valuable you are, you just want to honor yeah. God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you can't help but want to Try to give back to him. Yeah, you know we can never truly uh, reciprocate the love that he demonstrated to us, but it's like we really try.
1: We do. We really try,
0: yes. and and he honors that, and he, he he's excited about that. And yes. I think that that's what's so amazing is that when we when we walk in that value, when we walk in that confidence, we're actually able to start doing the things that God that's wants. That's so our life. true.
1: It inspires mm-hmm. us and gives us the the push that mm-hmm. we need. To do those secular great things. Sure, yeah. To get those accolades, to have this drive on earth, this self-drive, right. comes from being inspired.
0: Yeah, well, because, you know, I've, I've said it before, it's like salvation is probably, the obviously, the, the pinnacle of what Jesus came to do, but he also came to give us heaven on earth. Yeah, you know, that's he, true. He wants us to have now. these amazing things yes. now, and so... We get saved. We get the value. We get the glory right now. But so yeah. we, when we walk in that, that's when we get to have the the amazing life that He died to give us.
1: Amen. And so I wasn't planning on this, but as we've been talking, it just came up in my memory. I watched Cooper Cup's post game interview, and if you don't know who Cooper Cup is, let me not. just <laughs> lay the background. He's a wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. Coming out of high school, he had a one star rating out of five. Oh wow he had no formal offers from any college and so he just went to a no-name college called eastern he played there it's a phenomenal story his wife his girlfriend at the time she worked uh, you know a full-time job as a waitress while he was in school so he could pursue football and she like actually wow. underwrote them as a couple Dang. and then he gets drafted into the nfl he had a phenomenal season. This is a guy that wasn't a number one overall draft pick, hmm. right? I mean, he just, he, he scraped his way into the sure. NFL. And this year, he led the NFL in receiving yards. He led the NFL in touchdown passes. He got the uh, Super Bowl MVP. He got, uh, I forget what other achievement he got at the NFL honor ceremony. So this very unlikely person. The underdog. <laughs> achieved these very phenomenal things. Yeah, yeah. Now, with all that in mind, I want you to watch this, and we'll play it for you guys. This is his post-game interview. Go ahead and click that top one. Hopefully it's the right one because I wasn't planning on doing this. So.
2: It was uh, in 2019. We walked off the field that last, uh, that last time after losing to the Patriots. I wasn't able to be a part of that thing. But I don't know what it was. There's just this vision that God revealed to me that we were going to come back. We were going to be a part of a Super Bowl. We were going to win it. And uh, and somehow somehow I was going to walk off the field as the MVP of the game, and I shared that with my wife because I couldn't tell anyone else, obviously, what that was. But from the moment this postseason started, there was just a belief. Every game, it was just it was written already. Um, it was written already, and and I just got to play free, knowing that. Um, you know, I got to play from victory, not for victory. I got to play in a place where I was I was validated, not from anything that happened on the field, but because of my worth in, in God and in my father.
1: Validated not by anything on the field. That's so good. But by my worth in my father. Wow. And just... And, and I love what he said. I got to play free. Yeah, and he was like,
0: I, I, I've already got my victory, essentially. Yes. Like, I was like, dang, that's so good. And he's
1: the only wide receiver <laughs> to score a touchdown in every single playoff game. And he all the nominations and everything he won this year, you don't know who Jerry Rice is, but he's an NFL all-time great wide receiver. He played for the San Francisco 49ers when I was a kid in the 80s and the 90s. The greatest wide receiver to ever play the game All his achievements that he did over the course of his career in the NFL, Cooper Cup did in this one season. Dang. Phenomenal season. But what's the key? He said it in his post-game interview. He's like, I played free because my worth didn't come from winning these games. My worth didn't come from getting a Super Bowl. My worth didn't come from what I did on yeah. my on the field. My worth came from God. Yeah. So essentially, to me, that means yeah, I care about this stuff, but it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, a real problem right now, if I had to say. Especially when it comes to teenagers right now, there's so much pressure, mm. you know, to live up to people's opinions mm. and the standards of this or that, and. I feel like what's been the most freeing for me is eventually being like, none of that matters. Yeah. The only opinion that matters is God's opinion. you know. Yeah. And, I, and I, I believe we've said this before, but I think that when you can truly grab a hold of that, that's when the pressure lifts off. Because yeah. you're just like, there's, there's no pressure anymore because it doesn't matter. It's like that guy said, you can live so much more free yeah. when you're not worried about this standard or that standard you're just like I only have to worry about God's standard I only have to worry about God's opinion and he already says that I'm valuable yeah, and that's and it all goes, that matters and it
1: goes to the point of what you said earlier he believed Yeah, he believed God loves me mm-hmm. he believed it's already written God's plan for my life which is true for all of us, yeah. God's plan for your life is already written. Yeah, You just have to believe it, it takes me to that scripture that the, the steps of the righteous have been ordered by God. Mm-hmm. And then it also takes us to Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. I know the plans that I have for you Yeah, to bless you, to prosper you, to give you a hope and to give you an end. We got to believe in that. Mm-hmm. And when we have faith in God's plan, for our life, it frees us mm. up to be who we're supposed to be so we can do what we're supposed to do. So good. And it takes me, I'm going to even talk about it tonight in youth, the day we're shooting. This is Wednesday. It takes me to, I've been stuck on this example in the Word of God in Second Chronicles 20, <laughs> verse 20, about the worshipers going out front and worshiping. And, you know, there's different perspectives of that. You know, Pastor Rhonda has one perspective that we're worshiping out of desperation. I understand that. I get that. But I feel like what he said, I'm playing from a place of victory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gosh, I wish I could remember exactly how he said it. Oh, he said, I'm not playing for the victory. I'm playing from the victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, if you go up above verse 20 and you read what God told them is the battle's not yours, it's mine. Right. Yeah. So that tells me they went out there with victory. Yeah we're singing not from a place of defeat mm-hmm. we're singing from a place of victory right and the reason they were able to sing from a place of victory is because they believed what god had said about them yeah i'm fighting for you mm-hmm. i'm going to win this battle for you <laughs> it's not yours it's mine. And that's kind of what he was saying. I was free to go out there and yeah. just do me because it's already written. God's yeah. already arranged this. It's so good. And he believed in that. And because they believed in that, they went out there with victory, man. They were dancing and, pray- and, and and It's like
0: they were already celebrating before it even started.
1: It. Thank you. <laughs> that's it, man. That's where my mind yeah. goes. They went out there and they were dancing and rejoicing and praising God because they already knew yeah. we won. Yeah. This is over. <laughs> this is done. Isn't that what faith it's is? It's so good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, faith I've is already now. got the victory. That's right. It takes the challenges of the day and faith says, I've already won this battle Yeah. because God's gone ahead of me. Yeah. He's got a plan for my life. He's got victory for my life. I believe in that and I'm just going to rejoice in it. And then the Bible says that the enemy became confused. They begin attacking each other. And we know the example. <laughs> they all kill each other. And then three days they went in there and looted and came out with all the gold and all the treasure for three days. It took them yeah. three days to get that. But it's just a it's just a perspective thing. You have worth. Mm-hmm. You are valuable. Yeah. And God has done everything. Yeah. Just embrace it, accept it, and believe in it, and he'll take care of the rest. Yeah. He wants you to walk in
0: freedom, not in bondage.
1: Absolutely. And
0: and I think anything that tries to give you or anything that you think gives you value outside of God is just going to leave you in bondage because you're gonna be enslaved to that
1: and it could be temporary
0: yeah it's not yeah it's not ever it's not everlasting it's not real it's not of true worth because
1: true values from God and it's eternal true values like if you put your worth in your job what happens when you lose your job Mm -hmm. right if you put your worth in your marriage I believe in marriage and I believe we should fight for our marriages but there are situations where marriages don't if, yeah. you're, if that's your worth and it doesn't work out, then then your whole worth is yeah. gone.
0: Or even in football,
1: even if you, if you if get you hurt, get, that's exactly or if you age right. out. You know if what I mean? If you Age out. Eventually, yeah. like you, you can't play football forever. Like Tom Brady is a great example, and you know I don't want to put words in his mouth. So Tom, if you want to come on the podcast, come on out here, everybody. More than welcome. <laughs> I know you're the go. You can you know educate what I mean? me. You could. <laughs> We'll do a quarterback session with Cody. You can teach us some things. I can teach you some things. I can show you you where you could have won more Super Bowls. But this is a great example. The dude is like 40-plus years old, and he's still playing football. And there is that side of it. And I don't want to – he's supposedly retired this year. We'll see. But I wonder if he's hold on not just because he's a competitor, but football is his worth.
0: I mean, it's got to be hard to stop. Football
1: is his life. Yeah. Right? And so, again, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I just, you know, you've you've been doing something for 20 years, and you've been pretty good at it. (laughs) You've won seven Super Bowls. You've broken every record that's out there to be broke. How do you walk away from that? The way I say you walk away is his worth comes from something else. Mm Mm-hmm. My worth comes from God, and so I was just doing this as a temporary endeavor, and I enjoyed it all the way, but yeah. now seasons have changed. I've got my worth in God, and like you said, that's liberating. Mm-hmm. He can move on to the next thing because if he's not playing football, he's still worth right something, Yeah, right? And so we got to identify as that, and there's so much, again, back to what Cooper Cup said, I'm free. Yeah, that's so good. I'm free to just go out there and do my thing mm. because my worth comes from God. I just love that so Amen. much. Like you and I on Wednesday nights when we preach, we're free to do our thing mm-hmm. because our worth. Even though we want the students to enjoy sure, it, sure, <laughs> absolutely, know, it won't hurt you guys to clap every once in a <laughs> while. You know, I mean? give <laughs> uh, you know, applaud us. Oh no, my I'm just gosh! <laughs> but but wh- no, regardless of their reaction, yeah, we can do our thing because our worth comes from God. Right, He is my benchmark for greatness. Right. And what he's done for my life is the benchmark right. for greatness. Yeah. That's what makes my life great, yeah. what Christ has done for me. And when I identify with that, when I believe in that, and when I embrace that, I am liberated to do my thing. So good. And that's what I believe should be our benchmark for greatness. Love it.
0: Love it. So get your benchmark from God, guys. Get Ooh. out there. Grab a hold of your value. Grab a hold of that That. That. The way that he sees you is the way you need to start to see yourself so yes. that you can walk in that freedom. So good. You've already got the victory. Just go live it out. That's right. Live free. Yes. Live free and live for God. Amen. Amen. Whew. Love you guys so much. Hopefully you got something out of the good talk today. Come yeah. at us with some recommendations, some mm. topic submissions. Mm. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on life we and really the pursuit would. of whatever's going on. So, yeah. Amen. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.